I want to thank the church for how together for the last six days we have been praying for 24 hours each day. During Holy Week, we brought that season to a close. The season of Lent is over now and we enter now into a season of Easter. And I say, He is risen. And you say, Indeed, indeed, He is risen. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Sirens puncture the quiet evening. Searchlights snapped on, sweeping the night sky above. Blackout drills were put into immediate action everywhere. Residents hurriedly make their way to the nearest air raid shelters. Soon the drone of bombers filled the air. Explosions shook the ground. Buildings caught fire. Some crumbled and fell. You know, that was a typical night during the Blitz. The sustained German bombing of London for eight solid months during World War II. Photos from that period caught my imagination. Not photos of mayhem and destruction, but photos of ordinary life. A young girl playing with a door outside her bomb-out home. A bride leaving her home on the day of her wedding after a night of heavy bombing. Policemen escorting a family out on their daily routine past a bomb site. Children getting ready for school after spending a night in an air raid shelter. You know, in the middle of the bliss, as the saying goes, life goes on. But what does that mean? What does it mean when people say life goes on? Does it testify to the resilience of the human spirit? That when bad things happen, people pick themselves up. They persevere. They go on with their life. Or does it testify to the carelessness of life? It stops for no one. It goes on with or without you. It tells you to quit feeling sorry for yourself and get on living. According to Collins' English Dictionary, you can say life goes on after mentioning something very sad to indicate that although people are very upset or affected by it, they have to carry on living normally. For example, if I were to apply this today, you 
I will say something like this. You can't spend the rest of your life wishing COVID hadn't happened. You can't stay behind locked doors forevermore. Make the most of what you have. Life goes on. Does that console you? Does it comfort you? Does it give you the courage to carry on living normally? Now, truth be told, human sentiments alone are of little real comfort. However well-intentioned, they can only go so far. Something more is needed. Let me tell a story from the Bible this morning. There was a man named Lazarus who had, who fallen, serious, who had fallen seriously ill. He had, two sister, he had two sisters named Martha and Mary. They sent word to Jesus saying, Lord, the one you love is sick. On receiving the news, Jesus strangely commented, this sickness will not end in death. But Lazarus died. Many came to console the sisters for their loss. They might even have said, your brother is a good man. Grieve for him. But you must also think for yourselves. Life goes on. Or words to that effect. Perhaps those words might have brought some consolation to the sisters. But in the long run, they could only go so far. You know, feelings of helplessness or grief or anxiety may leave us a while, but before long, they return again to assault us afresh. All of us have experiences like this. Human sentiments alone can only carry us so far, comfort us so far, console us so far. But if that is all we have to encourage us or to comfort us, we realize in the long run, in the long term, it doesn't help. Something more is needed. When Jesus arrived on the scene, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. Martha went out to meet him. Lord, she said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, do, do you hear the anguish in those words? No, Martha is not just simply making a statement. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You must hear the anguish in those words. Here's a beloved member of the family, a beloved brother. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, where were you? Why didn't you come sooner? Then you could have done something for my brother. Martha gave voice to the human plight. You know, all of us are so frail and vulnerable, easily affected by or hurt by events happening around us. You know, something as small as a virus 
can disrupt our best laid plans. Something happening as far away as Russia and Ukraine can impact our daily livelihood. You know, I was on my church on my way to church one day in a with a grab driver. When I made the booking, he was 10 minutes away. I waited for him. And when he arrived and I got onto the car, the first thing he said to me was this. Uh, I was 10 minutes away. I was afraid you would cancel on me at the last minute. The prices of petrol is so high now. And he went on the rest of the trip telling me how things were so difficult. Petrol prices are rising, he said to me. If you had cancelled on me at the last minute, I would have driven to your place for the last 10 minutes for nothing. Something happening as far away as Russia and Ukraine can impact our daily livelihood. Then, there is death. A condition from which no one could escape. It can come even on earth suddenly and without warning. All of us know there's no immunity from death. Something more is needed. In reply, Jesus said, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. You know, I realize for many, when they hear the word resurrection, they think it's simply a fancy way of saying you go to heaven when you die. You become like angels. You become disembodied spirits. You float on clouds, doing nothing all day, but playing on your celestial harp. That's all you do. I even have people telling me heaven is boring. Maybe hell is more fun. Anyway, all my friends are probably there. That's what they tell me. Still, many Jews believe in the resurrection, that the dead will rise again at the end of human history. Presently, death reigns supreme. He has dominion over all of us. The Bible tells us how it got to be that way. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. The Bible says this. Through one man, Adam, sin entered into the world, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men, because all sin. The Bible is very clear about this. We die not because of old age. We die not because of an accident or someone careless mistake. We die not because of sickness. We die because of sin. Regardless of our status in life, we all have an appointment with death because we all sin. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Who can rescue us from this deadly plight? Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? 
Jesus asked Martha. Yes, Martha replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. Now, Martha knew something about the resurrection. But her understanding will soon be shaken to its core. She went to fetch her sister, saying to her sister, The teacher is here, and he's asking for you. Mary, her sister, immediately went to him. And she repeats the same thing as Martha said to Jesus, Lord, Lord, she said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Both sisters were helpless in the face of death. Mary wept. Where have you laid him? Jesus asked. Lord, come and see, they said to him. And then Jesus wept. See how he loved him, some said. Others commented, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Now these people have already concluded that Jesus was too late to do anything about it. Jesus came to the tomb, which was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. He said, Take away the stone. Martha protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. You see, Martha believed that the resurrection would only take place on the last day. For now, the dead stays dead. Furthermore, her brother's body was already in an advanced state of decomposition. The time for Jesus to do anything about it had already passed. Jesus answered, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? You know, Christian faith isn't what most people think. It isn't believing in spite of evidence to the contrary. It isn't irrational. It isn't a blind leap in the dark. Instead, Christian faith is grounded on actual historical events. At Jesus' instruction, they pushed the stone aside. Jesus prayed, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. What must they believe? Obviously, the words of Jesus Christ. For earlier, he had said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. In a loud voice, Jesus cried out, Lazarus! Come out! The dead man, still wrapped in his burial clothes, walked out. His decomposed body was rejuvenated. He was restored to bodily life. 
Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. You know, many Jews there heard what Jesus said. And they now saw what he did. And they believed in him. As I said earlier, Christian faith is grounded on actual historical events. The raising of Lazarus from the dead was a wonder to behold. And he has led many who witnessed that miracle come to faith in Jesus Christ, believing him as the, as the resurrection and the life. However, the raising of Lazarus from the dead pales in comparison to what, come, what came later. There was another death. There was another tomb. Another stone was laid across the entrance. Another body was laid inside. This time, the occupant was Jesus. On Good Friday, Jesus died. Here's a dramatization of what took place early on the third day after Jesus died. Early that same morning, some woman went to the tomb with spices to anoint Jesus' dead body. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in, but his body wasn't there. Two men in dazzling clothes appeared saying, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how He told you while He was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered His words. You know, the three most important events in the Christian calendar are Christmas, Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Christmas is clearly the most popular. However, it is Easter Sunday that is the most significant. Many 
will know us because of Christmas. They presume because of the way Christmas is celebrated all around the world that it is the most important. But actually, for Christians who know their Bible, it is not Christmas that is the most important or the most significant, can I put it that way? It is Easter Sunday or the Resurrection Sunday. Consider the images typically associated with these events. For Christmas, it is the manger. The Bible says this, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Without Christmas, there will be no Saviour. Now, for Good Friday, it is the cross. The image is the cross. The Bible says this in Colossians. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, referring to Jesus Christ, and through Him to reconcile everything to Himself by making peace through the blood of His cross. Without Good Friday, there will be no sacrifice. For Easter Sunday, it is the empty tomb. The Bible says, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Now, why is this important? Why is this significant? The Bible also says this, following that. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Without Christmas, there will be no Saviour. Without Good Friday, there will be no sacrifice. Without Easter Sunday, there will be no salvation. How is this good news for the human race? As I bring our reflection this morning to a close, let me share three things I believe. The resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ is good news for the entire human race. Here's the first one. Firstly, death is defeated. It is swallowed up in victory. There's even a song in a Bible taunting death. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? How did this victory come about? The Bible tells us. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, throughout the season of land, sometimes we sing in a minor key, right? Sometimes things are a little bit quiet in the sanctuary because we sing in a minor key. We are looking ahead to the death of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. A time for fasting, a time of repentance, a time of turning away from wickedness. And then when we hit Easter Sunday just now, you notice it changed. From the minor key, we go into the major key. We celebrate the victory that comes from Jesus Christ because death is defeated. Death that has its hold on humanity is now a defeated enemy. No longer do we need to fear death because of Jesus Christ. So here's the first piece of good news. Death is defeated. 
we need not fear death anymore. Secondly, life goes on. Now, this life is found only in Jesus. Whoever, whoever has Jesus has life. The Bible says this in John chapter 10, verse 10. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You see, death has no power over this life. This life that comes from Jesus is imperishable. It is indestructible. It is immortal. When something like the blitz happens in our life, or something like COVID happens in our life, or whatever something bad happens in our life, we can today say with full confidence, life truly goes on because of Jesus Christ. Jesus changed everything. Death no longer has the last word. In Jesus, there is newness of life. In Jesus, there is real hope. In Jesus, there is real comfort in the midst of suffering. In Jesus, there is courage to face adversity. In Jesus, there is power at work within those who believe. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. In Jesus, there is victory over the forces of sin and death. Life truly goes on only through Jesus Christ. You know, this is a piece of good news all true believers possess today. Whatever life may throw at them, they take courage. However, however bad life may seem, they rejoice. Because death no longer has the last word. Because of Jesus Christ, they know there will be life, eternal life, more life, abundant life in Jesus Christ. That is why we can encourage one another with words like this, don't we? We come alongside someone who is in pain, in sorrow, and we say to them, even as we grieve with them, shed tears with them, yet somewhere along the line, we know there's hope. Because life goes on, truly goes on, only through Jesus Christ. And finally, to die is gain. You know, the Jews believe that resurrection only takes place at the end of human history. But in the middle of human history, Christ rose from the dead. Resurrection and life have intruded into human history through Jesus Christ. This is something the Jews never expected. They were all taught that resurrection happens only at the end of the human history. But Jesus changed everything. Right in the middle of human history, He rose from the dead. Resurrection happens. Those who believe in Jesus because of Him immediately now cross from death to resurrection and life. There is life available now to those who believe. There is life in the flesh right now. Because when you believe Jesus, His kind of life from heaven fills you. You are no longer the old person. You have become a new person. You are no longer living the old life. You now have new life in Him. Jesus' kind of life, indestructible, 
That is why Jesus said, Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. This is life lived by faith in Jesus Christ, even in the face of death. We remain unafraid. For awaiting them is the resurrection from the dead. You know, there are many songs that talk about the river, right? How we cross over the river. The reason why they use that metaphor is because uh, the metaphor is found in the Bible. When, when, when Israel escaped from Egypt, they had to cross a body of water, the Red Sea, then into salvation. But more importantly, there's the River Jordan in which Israel crossed over into the Promised Land. So when the songs go about the metaphor of a river, they are saying there will the day come where the Lord will lead us across to the other side. For awaiting them there is resurrection from the dead new life. Just as Jesus rose from the dead, they too will rise in a new body, in a new heaven and earth, where there is no sorrow, no pain, no sickness, no sin, no death, no Satan anymore. Do you believe this? Do you believe in Christ? Brothers and sisters, friends and guests, can I ask you to bow your heads and just close your eyes for a moment. I want to lead you in a personal time of response. I ask you to bow your head and close your eyes so that this is something between you and Jesus. Just as Jesus declared to Martha, Jesus is declaring to each one of you today and He's saying this to you, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in Me shall never die. And here's the most important question Jesus follows up with, do you believe this? Let me give you a moment personally respond to the Lord Jesus. You know, I know many of you have said, I believe before or many years ago. Just like Martha, when Jesus asked the question, she said, I believe you are the Messiah who is to come. But later on, we saw what happened when Jesus said back to her, if only you believe, which means Martha have not come to the place where her faith is really what it should be. And I believe many Christians find themselves there today. So we need to respond to Jesus once more. Lord, I believe. And if any one of us is entertaining doubts, perhaps you should pray, Lord, help my unbelief. But Martha was not there alone. There were other Jews around who had never believed that Jesus was the Messiah. 
I address to, do, to those of you here today who have never in your life ever said the word, I believe. Jesus, I believe in you. This morning is the time for you to say this quietly, privately, personally. The Lord Jesus is listening to you right now. If you believe that He is the resurrection and the life, if you believe that though you die, you will live, and whoever lives and believes in Him will never die, Jesus is extending an invitation to you this morning just as He has done to many over the generation. Respond to Him. If you have responded in some way or another, if you have been attending church for a long time or you are attending church here, let me encourage you to continue to grow in your faith. Continue to leverage on the resources, the ministries that are already available in this church. Use it to grow your faith. If you are visiting from another church, whether in Singapore or elsewhere or in Australia for our guests, head back to church and begin to grow in your faith there as well. Tell Jesus, I want to follow you all the days of my life. I want to fix my eyes on the author and perfecter of my faith. Do that. I believe some of you have said, I believe. But that was a long, long time ago. After that long time, you find yourself finally back in a church, whether a church here or somewhere in Singapore. Here's the first thing you can do if you have replied to Jesus positively. Start to attend a church. And when the time is right, approach the pastor. Tell the pastor, Pastor, I'm back. I'm coming back to Jesus. I believe in Him as the resurrection and the life. Will you help me? If, if you are invited by a friend this morning, you have not believed in Jesus at all. Never. You're still wondering. Perhaps today is the day that the Lord Himself is inviting you. Would you believe in me? If you're here today and you're saying to Jesus, Yes, Lord, I believe. This is a personal decision. Jesus will hear what your answers. He will hear what you're saying in your heart. Can I suggest this? Whoever brought you, perhaps a friend or family member, when the time is right, turn to that friend or family member and say, you know, that day on Easter Sunday, I prayed that prayer. I say to Jesus, Jesus, I believe. I believe you are the resurrection and the life. I believe that when I believe in you, though I die, I will live. And that when I live and believe in you, I will never die. And Jesus, I'm a sinner. Thank you for saving me on the cross. I receive from you now life, eternal life, life forevermore. And then when the time is ripe, if you're still here in this church or in some other church, take the courage, walk up to a pastor or a leader of the church and say this to them, I'm a new believer. Can you help me? They will do the rest. 
Let me give you a short more time to, res- to respond to our Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, in closing, we thank you deep from our heart, from our inmost being, for the wonderful work that you have done through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving the world. You looked down from heaven and saw the plight of humankind the troubles we get ourselves into again and again because of sin, human sin, evil, that is all about us and around us, tempting us to do what we ought not to do, preventing us from doing what we should do. Lord, help us, O Lord, for those who have already come to faith in you, grow our faith, that we may be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, following Him all the days of our life, but turning to the left or to the right, but fixing our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, with no regrets, no reservations. Help us, Lord. For those Heavenly Father who have, in their own quiet ways, say, I believe, Lord. Today is the first time I say this. I believe, Heavenly Father, will you give them the peace that transcends all understanding, that will so guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, that they will know you are real, you are here, you are with them, and you will help them. Will you help them, Lord? Heavenly Father, I thank you that whatever our status may be, you know us. And whenever we cry out to you, you hear us. And whenever we say, help us, you help us. And whenever we say, Lord, comfort us, you comfort us. And whenever we desire someone to carry us, you will carry us. So Lord, hear this prayer. Help us to turn to Jesus with all our hearts, now and forevermore. And Lord, as we sing this closing response song, declaring that Jesus is the hope of the nations, will you receive this glad offering of praise to you, O Lord, because we believe, we believe. In your name we pray, and let the people of God say, Amen, Amen.